0: Welcome to the Outcomes Rocket podcast, where we inspire collaborative thinking, improved outcomes, and business success with today's most successful and inspiring healthcare leaders and influencers. And now, your host, Saul Marquez.
1: Outcomes Rocket listeners, welcome back once again to the Outcomes Rocket, where we chat with today's most successful and inspiring healthcare leaders. I got to say, thank you so much for the support. Uh, We've seen our listenership grow tremendously and uh, I feel like what we're doing here is resonating. So do me a favor. I invite you to go to outcomesrocket.com slash reviews. Give us a rating and review. Let us know what you think, what you wanna hear, and uh, it it makes our day whenever we hear from you all. So I invite you, just go to outcomesrocket.com slash review and let us know what you think. I have an amazing guest for you today. His name is Shaquille Haroon. He is the CEO and founder of Empirica Health Analytics. They try to combine consumer-friendly measures of medical quality attainment with cost information to help consumers and employers pinpoint the highest value provider in any location. It's a pretty cool thing that they're doing over there. And the experience that Shaquille has and his team, I mean, this guy's been across the entire SaaS Experience from his experience as a leader at Microsoft through his experience in sales at Spring Wireless, Excel Technologies. He's got an amazing platform upon which to build an amazing platform for you, the listeners, and also patients and healthcare. So I want to open up the microphone to Shaquille. Just say thank you for being on and then fill in any of the gaps that I missed in your intro. Welcome to the podcast.
0: Well, thank you for the opportunity, Saul. Really glad to be here. And as I mentioned, I think you're Focus on outcomes is important, and you know that is our goal as a venture to shed more light in what are the true outcomes in U.S. healthcare. Thank you also for that uh, kind introduction. I sometimes think that my various experiences here paint me as a serial entrepreneur, and and maybe in some ways that's that is the case. I've uh, come to healthcare and find a lot here to apply my background, particularly the analytics side of things, which I find incredibly fascinating. There's a treasure trove of information here for a data geek to get immersed in. So I appreciate being able to talk to you today about all of this and my experiences thus far.
1: Absolutely, Shaquille. And definitely Siri Entrepreneur is what screams at me too from what your, your experience and kind of what you've done. What is it that out of all the things that you have done made you gravitate toward the medical sector what got you in
0: well i got into this particular venture a few months after the the acquisition of a company that i, I was part of the founding team so back in january of 2014 excel's technologies which was in the software security space was acquired and left me with a, a lot of time on my hands and maybe the luxury of being able to spend a few months thinking about what's next. Like most entrepreneurs, you, you tend toward trying to solve a problem that you've encountered personally. And I suppose that was true in this case for sure. I grew up overseas and one of the aspects of my upbringing was having family members uh, get on planes or trains and, and go and get healthcare abroad. That that was that was something that I experienced throughout growing up. It was a big rigmarole. An entourage would leave and return, you know, a couple months later. And, you know, in my own immediate family, we had this situation. Uh, one of the most important questions is, you know, how do you pick a provider that you're going to travel across the globe to go see? And like uh, most healthcare consumers, their choice was made largely on hearsay such and such hospital is renowned and such and such doctor is, is a miracle worker. Right. And that's the basis how people in those care settings. So I wanted to address a problem that I'd kind of grown up with and, and delve into, well, how do you know that these are the best places for you to go to, especially these are your loved ones and you want to see them come back home? Well, how do you know that, that once you've traveled all this way, that the place you 've ended up is in is truly the best place for you, so I decided to go in and try to tackle that problem, applying some background in technology, maybe a more analytical approach to problem solving My background is i 'm a electrical engineer by by education, and so I tend to gravitate towards a numbers uh and analytical approach as opposed to kind of taking uh at face value you know whatever claims a hospital or a physician has so I wanted to go in and take a look at the numbers and, and the actual data to back up these claims of, of excellence and to be able to advise people coming to the United States from foreign countries you know, some 500 six hundred thousand people do that every year and provide them a resource where they can match up with the best providers given their particular condition and then um, the the business quickly evolved from that point when I discovered that, well, not only do people overseas have no idea as to who the true best performers are, but you could be in the same city across town and not really know who the best provider might be for your hip replacement, your knee replacement, your heart surgery. It's all very much a hearsay reputation driven business right. where the actual data supporting these claims to being miracle workers is a well kept secret let's let's put it that way mm. so i wanted i wanted to crack that problem and that was really the genesis of empirica
1: No, that's a really great call out it's definitely an opaque process. As a patient, you want to get care. It's not the easiest to really understand. And aside from hearsay or really awesome marketing billboards or buses, it's just hard to really understand, hey, you know, what are the metrics behind this claim? And what you're doing is awesome. You know, you're, you're taking the bull by the horns and you're saying, wait a minute, this is possible. We actually can. And so I'm excited to hear a little bit more about how you guys have tackled the challenges and maybe some success stories you've had to date, but super exciting. And kudos to you and your team for putting this grand vision together and start nipping away at
0: it. Well, thank you. Yeah. Well, it's an area that's fraught with mystery. And to a great extent, that mystery is highly profitable for the practitioners. It's also complex. Not not to say that, that this is entirely the product of wanting to keep the performance hidden, but it is a complex area. You know, how do you measure the quality of a particular facility or, or an individual physician when you've got such a huge variance in the conditions of the patient, the socioeconomic realities of the patient. So these are complex subject matters to deal with. So we, we had a very rich environment to go in and, and geek out in trying to solve this. But I think uh, what we have today is the start of some very reliable metrics that have started to prove out, even in anecdotal uh, tests, that we're onto something. And so we're we're eager to share this with consumers and payers, particularly employers um, out there.
1: Shaquille, no, that's really, really great. Is your platform available for consumers today, or, or are you guys still in the working it out stage?
0: No, it is. It is certainly available um, at Empirica.com, uh, where we offer up uh, some 44 or 45 different procedure categories, to consumers for them to check out. So for any one of close to 5,000 hospitals around the country, consumers can go in and for free check out the performance of of the facility in their area. So if you've got uh, high risk, high cost procedures that you or a loved one are contemplating, we offer a free service that you can go and check out who might offer the best care in your area. And sometimes uh, the Results that you'll see might be a surprise, but again, what we're trying to do is to focus on true outcomes and less on the the marketing that goes into this field. There's hundreds of millions of dollars here at stake at any given facility for the procedures that they perform, and so there is an intense desire to stand out and be recognized as the best of the best. What you'll find is that when you're taking a look at the actual data, in other words, the actual outcomes from episodes of care that were done, sometimes the reputation lines up and many times it does not. So we're, we're here to pop the bubble of you know, marketing and introduce uh, the actual reality of outcomes to the benefit of consumers and, and payers.
1: Shaquille, so cool. And so I want to take this a little bit deeper. Let's dive into it, right? You and your team have put together what's called the Empirica Quality Score, which That's is right. basically what everything that a consumer would go in and choose a provider with is based off this score. Can you kind of walk us through what that score is put together from the bits and pieces so that the listeners have a better
0: understanding of it? Sure, i try to, to provide a high level explanation here of what, what goes into production of the Empirica Quality Score. As I mentioned earlier, this is a very complex undertaking. It's not as simple as uh, totaling up the number of deaths that, that occur at a facility or the number of complications that occur and that at the end of that, you've got a spreadsheet that tells you who's the best and who's the worst. That is actually a very misleading way to do it because it does not take into account the patient risk factors. What is the health of the patient walking in the door? Because if you've got a patient with diabetes, with heart problems uh, that that might be old and sick, the outcomes that you're likely to get, even though you might be an excellent surgeon, are very likely going to be inferior to an otherwise um, healthy individual walking in the door for care. So this issue of risk adjustment or factoring in the patient condition is critical to getting an accurate uh, measure of hospital or physician performance. And we do that. Uh, We consider some 500 risk factors that, that are about assessing how risky the patient is to treat and how likely it is that a given course of care is going to be successful. So after this risk assessment, we then predict the expected performance of a hospital or physician across uh, key outcomes measures, such as severe complications, the likelihood of mortality inpatient, uh, the likelihood that a patient will complete the procedure but then have to come back in for a do-over or what's called a readmit. So these are key outcomes measures, and what's important about these outcomes measures is that they're not really subjective in nature. It's, they are binary, and, and so when they occur, there really isn't much interpretation that needs to go on. A readmit is a readmit. Obviously, mortality is, is quite clear, and similarly severe complications can be tracked. We then compare these predicted values with actual values. So we take a look at claims data, for example, and say, well, did did the predicted readmit actually occur? And from that comparison between the predicted and the observed, we're able to determine how well a facility or a physician is doing. If they're doing better than predicted for a given risk profile of patient, that is obviously a mark of a good surgeon or a good facility. Right. But we don't just stop there. We have to see a consistent pattern. So over hundreds of episodes of care, and in the case of a, of a surgeon, over four years of data, that surgeon has to consistently do better than predicted in order to earn a high Empirica score. So things can go wrong, and surgery is risky, sometimes for unforeseen reasons. Those outliers don't count in our situation unless there's a pattern that's observed. Again, over several hundreds of episodes of care and over a multi-year period. So what we end up with is a very accurate measure of a facility or, or surgeon performance over a multi-year period, and where the predicted values or the, the observed values are doing better than predicted, we award points. Yeah. So in that approach, an Empirica score of 600 and above indicates a facility or a surgeon with an excellent track record of care these are the surgeons that are able to take high-risk patients and consistently produce great outcomes. These are the surgeons who have the fewest avoidable problems. Um, Remember, problems will occur in surgery settings. It's by its nature a high-risk effort, but it is those facilities and those surgeons that are able to produce the fewest problems despite a high-risk patient environment those are the guys we want to celebrate those are the guys that we want to bring to the attention of consumers and payers ultimately for you or your loved one those are the providers that you want to go to
1: yeah that's Uh, pretty cool and it's like and i'm just thinking through this and looking at the layout of your of your tool here shaquille you know it's a lender will not lend you money if you have a bad credit score. So why would you lend your body to a provider with a bad Empirica score?
0: Right? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, that's, a, that's a great way of putting it. And it does point to the issue of trying to avoid risks wherever you can. Absolutely. Uh, is an innately risky undertaking. And I think, you know, hospital executives uh, will, be, will readily acknowledge that. Can you minimize that risk? Can you avoid taking unnecessary risks? That is what we're out to to help you do. And the risks are real. The difference between the best performing surgeons and the ones that are poorest performing in any surgical category is a four to five hundred percent, sometimes more, delta So that difference is significant. You would not get behind the wheel of a car that had a 500% safety difference between the best and the worst. So similar reasons, you wouldn't want to be treated by somebody that has a four or 500% worse track record than a better practitioner, especially because more often than not, and almost without exception, every city has both levels of performance. So you can very easily direct yourself and, and loved ones to, the better end of the performance range rather than subject yourself to the risk at the low end.
1: Yeah, that's a really great point and I like how this is is coming together and and listeners, if you haven't taken a look at this, it's worth just visiting and checking out the layout here. Go to empirica.com. It's m as in mario, p i r i c a.com. And uh, you'll see what we're talking about here, the layout, the scores, the risk. There's red for below average outcomes. There's yellow for fair outcomes. There's green for excellent outcomes. And at the very least, go get a feel for what things could be in healthcare today as it relates to outcomes as a consumer. If you're an employer, think about the value that you're getting for your healthcare for your employees and is does it measure up to what you're paying for. These are the things that we got to be thinking about as people that are consumers of healthcare. And I think what Shaquille and his team have put together is exemplary. Shaquille, tell us a time when you made a mistake or failed. Take us to that moment. And what did you learn to make Empirica much better or just your approach in healthcare? Excellent.
0: Thanks for the question. It kind of puts me on the spot as a startup company. Mistakes are, are kind of what we have for breakfast. So sometimes it's hard uh, to pick out one that really stands out. But I, I would uh, offer up an example of our getting excited about uh, this idea of sharing cost savings that would accrue from picking the best value provider with the employee. And in particular, what I think we did not choose well or decide well was to invest in a platform technology that would make these, these cost savings offers directly to the employees. Sometimes uh, being too early with an idea is, has the same net effect as being wrong. And so I think in that regard, we were certainly too early, and in that regard, it was a mistake. However, we are following the same approach configured with with benefits consultants, and that is proving out to be uh, more in line with where the industry wants to go, as opposed to making a platform and software means of delivering that financial benefit to the end consumer. So... That would be perhaps one thing that I would do differently if I could roll back the hands of time. It's really a benefits consultant driven program as opposed to a software platform program. So I think, I think uh, the choice of, of how we delivered that capability was in hindsight way too early. We're sort of putting that code on the shelf until the market matures um, a little more. And when it does, we'll roll it out again, but it's clear that right now, the software capability is still very early and it's better delivered by other channels.
1: That's a really great learning, Shaquille, and the fact that you kind of were able to assess the situation and identify that, hey, the Benefit Consultant, this is where we gotta gotta aim our efforts at, and that you've done it, and now you've had some success with the Benefit Consultants. So you found your sweet spot, but that code isn't garbage. You're just putting it on the shelf for future use. I think it's smart.
0: Well, hopefully the market will catch up. We think it will. Uh, The consumer is still the ultimate person affected by what we do, both financially as well as in terms of health. So having this information available in a software platform is is something that directionally, I believe, uh, will happen. Just have to... The crystal ball gets a little cloudy as to when.
1: No, I totally get it. I totally get it. Shaquille, give us an example of one of the most proud moments that you've had in this uh, healthcare sphere to date.
0: I think that for us, as an early stage company, what gets us excited and feeling that we're accomplishing our mission is is having the information out there, certainly to the benefit of consumers and to payers health plans, et cetera. But there is another audience that we also pay attention to, and that is the healthcare legislators, the regulators that are responsible for monitoring the situation at large. And so I would have to say that one of the things that I'm most proud of is being an information resource to our own state of Washington legislators, and in particular, our state senator, Karen Kaiser, is somebody that I'd reached out to earlier this year to provide information as to the state facilities and the the variance in quality that we're seeing across a few dozen procedures that we cover. So just providing this information, I thought, was was a high point of this last uh, year. And we've also done similar outreach to our state congresswoman who is in Washington voting on various initiatives around cost and quality transparency and making that available to consumers nationally. So both at the state level as well as nationally, I feel particularly proud of you know, an early stage company delivering information of this sort that is so critical to literally millions of patients, both in-state here in our home state of Washington, as well as nationally.
1: No, oh, that's really exciting and uh, didn't even think about that information niche that you're creating here and pretty cool for our people running the country at the local level and the national level to have it, a resource such as yours. So, hey, an invitation to the policymakers to check out the information on this website as well, because Gotta make informed decisions if you're gonna make good decisions. Shaquille, let's pretend you and I are building a medical leadership course on what it takes to be successful today. It's the 101 course or the ABCs of Shaquille. And so what I'm gonna do is give you four lightning round questions. We'll give me some prompt responses, and then we'll finish up the syllabus with a book that you recommend to the listeners. You ready? Sure, let's shoot. Awesome. What's the best way to improve healthcare outcomes?
0: I think adopting an independent scoring approach that you can spread internally at first, if you're more comfortable doing that, and having everybody be aware of where you stand relative to your peers nationally for the procedure categories you're working on. So not some all-up hospital score that nobody is particularly accountable for, but a score that each and every department can post up on their walls and say, hey, here's how we're doing against our national peers. And look at us. We are number three in the country, or we are number 75 in the country. And what do we need to get to a better position? So I think you can't manage what, what you can't measure. Uh, you can't improve where there are no metrics. So adopting an independent, unbiased metric that is actually objective is probably one of the most important things that can be done and it's proven, by the way, to be effective. So I think that's probably the best way to improve healthcare outcomes. Let people know how they're doing and manage them to it. I love it. What's the biggest mistake or pitfall to avoid? Believing in your own press. <laughs> <laughs> I, love, yeah, I love that. One. Yeah, you know there are huge dollars here at stake. There's thousands of employees' livelihood at stake. It's natural for large organizations to want to put their best foot forward to the consuming public. And in in this case, hospitals want to be known as uniformly excellent throughout all of their service lines. And all of the doctors on staff and nurses on staff are just miracle workers. I mean, that is very much the marketing message they want to promote. I think believing in your own press in this case can be dangerous because what it does is, is limit true improvement from happening. And especially uh, where you have hospitals that are similarly situated in terms of patient risk, you now get to be able to measure against their performance and say, hey, how are we doing with the same risk of patient or the same challenges, if you will? So getting overly invested in your own marketing message, believing in your own press, I think is a danger. It's a mistake. It's a pitfall. How do you
1: stay relevant as an organization despite constant change?
0: As a high-tech entrepreneur, we've been the beneficiary of taking advantage of change and built companies and, and um, achieved success both personally as well as a business because we were good at taking advantage of change. So I, I think that it starts with a philosophy of, of not accepting change as just inevitable, but, but actually capitalizing on the opportunities that change brings. So investing in things like innovations teams, strategy teams that report in at the very highest level of the organization seems like a great idea to me. So if you're accepting that change is, is going to happen and in every industry and probably faster than you think, then having a team who wakes up in the morning. Thinking about how to take advantage of the changes that are happening in in your industry, whether it's healthcare or anywhere, I think uh, that's uh, an investment that pays off great dividends.
1: It's a really great insight. And finally, what's the one area of focus that should drive everything else in your organization?
0: I think it's about execution at the end of the day. If if you've got the right teams focusing on um, the right innovations and betting on the right innovations, then it's a question of well, how are you going to actually make it so? How are you going to ensure that all of these informations get delivered at the right quality and at the right time? So having teams very focused on execution and reporting out on on their progress versus versus your organization goals. I think that's that's absolutely critical. We can all have the best ideas in the world and be philosophically bought into change and all all of these new concepts. But if we're if we're still sitting around a year from today with no progress to show for it, well, it doesn't really matter a whole lot. So at the end of the day, it truly is about executing and taking action. I think Certainly our organization, even as a startup, are very much focused on that, and I think that's probably true across the board.
1: Uh, That's a great message. And Shaquille, what book would you recommend to the listeners on the
0: syllabus? Well, I'll uh, maybe go off on a surprising tangent here in that it's not a healthcare book. My upbringing overseas makes me relate to writers with similar background. In this case, one of my favorite books of all time is Love in the Time of Cholera, by Marquez, wonderful book. Actually, deals with a lot of themes that that entrepreneurs have to deal with: solitude, uh, kind of sticking through it for years and years and decades, and in, in some cases. But yeah, that not a healthcare book, but certainly a personal inspiration.
1: I love it. No, that's a great recommendation. And listeners, all the things that we've talked about today, the syllabus that we just created for you, the book, links to Shaquille's website. All of them could be found at outcomesrocket.com slash Shaquille. That's S-H-A-K-I-L. You'll be able to find all the show notes, the syllabus, as well as links galore. You'll be able to do that. And so don't worry, you don't have to write it down. That's why we do this for you to make sure that all of this stuff is found easily. Shaquille, before we conclude, I would just love to hear a closing thought and then the best place where the listeners
0: could get a hold of you. Yeah, well, uh, you know, a closing thought is is. Healthcare—we're we're going through profound change, consolidation, and it, it doesn't look like the end is in sight. I think accepting that we are all in this together—patients, providers, payers—and accepting that transparency and data is going to be the the guide to our future and and a future where we all thrive, both in terms of health as well as financially. Those are the the thoughts I would have in closing. We have an exciting time ahead, but again, for those organizations that are capable of adapting. So nothing that I haven't seen in, in any industry which I've been investing in, both career as well as financially, uh, the ones that, that get out on top are the ones that are, are best at adapting to the change that is happening. Exciting times in healthcare. and look forward to, to guiding the next wave of change.
1: And Shaquille, what's the best place for people to get in touch with you?
0: The best is email, Shaquille at Empirica.com. That's S-H-A-K-I-L at Empirica.com. So look forward to hearing from your, your listeners.
1: Hey, Shaquille, thank you so much. I know that you guys are definitely doing a lot to ramp up the accountability for outcomes. So keep up the awesome work. We're definitely gonna be following what you guys do. And again, I wanna thank you on behalf of the listeners for sharing your wisdom today.
0: Appreciate the time, Saul. Good luck to you.